Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning and welcome to 1111 Talk Radio this morning. It is a delight to have you and there is an exciting show today that certainly will impact any individual at any age once we get into the information. I want to first announce that the 1111 October issue is releasing this week. It is a beautiful, beautiful issue and I'm featuring six delightful individuals in the magazine that have done some incredible work. So definitely check it out. You're going to find out more about crystal healing, more about how to tap into your true soul purpose, how to reduce inflammation, how to love out loud, how to be a spiritual rebel, and how to tap into your own sacred geometry of your body. Each and every issue, I I showcase six individuals to highlight their gifts to the world. So definitely check that out at 1111mag.com. That issue will release later this week, and it is an exciting one. We are at a point in our evolutionary cycle where we have become out of sync with our natures and need the subconscious more than ever. It's as if more of our brains become empowered with information and knowledge, the louder the noise of the conscious mind and the less access we have to the inner softness and enlightenment of our subconscious. Think about it. Our lives are increasingly complex, and the technology that's designed to make our lives easier and more productive often leaves us feeling overwhelmed on a daily basis. At the same time, we've become separated from the natural world. This complicated high-tech world has forced us to silence our subconscious and let our conscious selves take over. We've become too conscious, too driven, too obsessed. So where does that leave us? Kimberly Friedmutter is going to assist us today in tapping into the subconscious. She assists individuals in cutting through the chaos and confusion of daily life to know immediately in the here and now what is needed, what the mind, body, and soul require so that the life that you desire can truly be created and lived. The superpower is your subconscious, and it can adapt to any scale for whatever you need it for. So this is going to be an exciting show, whether it is something for yourself, your spouse, if you're a CEO of a company, an attorney, a teacher, a mother, a father, an adolescent, whoever this is that uh, is seeking any type of support, In any issue, this book is going to be a profound book for you to access and the conversation one that will delight. Kimberly Friedmutter is a world-renowned board-certified hypnotherapist who works with some of Hollywood's best-known luminaries, titans of industry, and leaders from around the globe. Kimberly is a member at large of the prestigious UCLA Health System Board, the American Board of Hypnotherapy, the Association for Integrative Psychology, and the International Hypnosis Federation. She's also a certified master hypnotist and a certified neurolinguistic programming trainer. She's in private practice, and you can find out more about her at her website, KimberlyFriedmutter.com. But without further ado, I want to introduce her and congratulate her on her brand new book, Subconscious Power, Use Your Inner Mind to Create the Life You've Always Wanted. Welcome, Kimberly, to 1111 Talk Radio. 
Thank you so much. I thought of you yesterday when I looked at the clock and it was 11-11 and I thought, oh, we're already making contact. What do you know? <laughs> I know the life is magical and that kind of speaks to a little bit of what we're, we're going to dive into today because there's so many things that are beneath the surface that want to come up and kind of uh, let, us, let, be, let them be known. And oftentimes, especially in today's world and the way that we have become conditioned from an early uh, age is that we look for our power outside of ourselves. So many times it's about running outward and trying to find the answers, trying to find the solutions, trying to find the people or the processes that are going to fix anything from anxiety and depression to issues with addictions like smoking or food or alcohol to overcoming procrastination or chronic pain or memory. We're always running outside to do different things when so many of the answers that we need are inside of us. At least that's what you say in your new book, Subconscious Power. Talk a little bit about that transition of looking for power outside and realizing that it's inside. Well, that's absolutely correct. And the thing is, is everyone will convince you that they have your answer. And, you know, the, the we're double-minded. So there's the consciousness, which is our task maker, our calendar keeper, the one that takes our meetings each day. And then there's the subconscious, which is the you inside of you. And we all know what she feels like, what she sounds like, what she uh, thinks like, how she loves, how she lives, and how she wants to live this, you know, life and journey. And the issue is that When you look outside of yourself, there are so many complex systems that are certain that they have your answer that you really override your own GPS system. And the GPS internally is a very primal part of this. You know, women feel oftentimes like we coined uh, the whole women's intuition and gut feelings and all of that. But in truth, we all have it. Your sons have it. Your husbands, your mates have it. Everyone is is wired that way. It's just the other part of the mind that runs your heart, runs your lungs, has all the automatic functions. And so, you know, many times how we feel about things is simply what shapes our perspective about things, which then shapes our future about things. And so you were mentioning about your October issue and having um, a bit in there about inflammation. Well, this is like the inflammation of thought, <laughs> you know, it's like mm. thought inflammation. <laughs> so it, it's uh, really, it's really corroded us in so many ways that we don't go back to our own internal system for guidance. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. Thought inflammation. In the beginning of the book, you start out talking about how you kind of unfolded into this and you realized the level of control you had Uh, around lots of things within a relationship and other things. I think control is probably the most common issue that we have on the planet. We're all wanting to control. So to step into this place of accessing the subconscious power, it does require us to let go of some of that control, but that is probably the scariest thing that individuals would ever want to do. Talk a little bit about the control and surrender aspect that is required. You're, a- you're absolutely right. I was I mentioned it in the book as the C word, as I was called, <laughs> not more than once, and it wasn't the C word we're thinking. It was control uh, and controlling, and it's an ugly feature of us if it's not shifted appropriately. And the shift needs to happen to be, as opposed to really forcing, you know, the power and the power posing and all of these things gives us that external sense, but it also depletes our internal sense. 
it's in our internal sense is where we really have control. So what I found in my client experience and in life experience and you know, basically applying this to myself first because I had been hypnotized many, many times before I decided to go into the profession of hypnosis. And what I found was that I was extremely confident. I was extremely um, profoundly astute at many things that if you had asked me consciously, I would have cowered in the corner and thought, I can't do it. I can't do it. Public speaking would be one thing, um, you know, just having confidence to move forward in faith that you're doing the right thing. You know, fear is a big debilitator. And so once you eliminate that, once you eliminate that forceful way that women can be, and we all know what it feels like, and it doesn't feel natural, it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel organic. So it's a shift of that control into letting it go, and that's where the control is. It's the biggest irony of all time. You know, it's, it's one of those wonderful natural, um, universal mysteries to us because the mind, you know, it's anti-intuitive. You think, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm forcing this, so I have to have control over it, but actually you don't. And the more you try to swim upstream, the tireder you get and the uglier you get feeling on the inside, you know, that, that moment. And that's where our addictions and our habits and trying to cover up all of that inadequacy that we feel because we're not supposed to be good at forceful things. We're supposed to flow. We're supposed to be in, in alignment, not you know, fighting the tide. And so when we fight, it's exhausting and we lose. That's the ultimate problem is we lose at it. We lose family members. We lose trust. We lose companionship. We lose our way, plain and simple. And even like the simplest things, people laugh because the book does have how to find great parking spaces, how to find lost items around the house. When you look at the super simple practicality of using your subconscious as your best assistant you ever had, wouldn't you love to call someone up and say, could you find that necklace from grandma that you know, I can't seem to find that has a heart and her photo in it, you know? If you did that to your subconscious, and there's a way that I, I lay out in the book to do this, you'll find these lost items because and it's, it's like so wonderful. It takes a thousand things off your to-do list. Parking spaces. I mean, how, how great just to know that you can literally drive to wherever you want to drive to and find the perfect space without, you know, getting upset about it, getting frustrated, breaking a heel, going in the rain, ruining your hair, you know, all of these things. And I mean, it sounds super simple, but these are what you know, daily tasks are made of. And you have the best assistant right there in that four and five square inches of your mind, right there at, at your beck and call every minute of every day and night. I think that control is sometimes one of those things that so many people don't even realize that they have going on in their lives. And then they can become aware of that. But what was probably one of the most beautiful statements that I read in the book was moving into this way allowed you to trust your softness. And softness is an yeah. area, particularly for women. You know, I, I look at so many women, and, and I know myself at, at one point, we become so masculinized in how we do things and how forceful we are. And the control is part of that, too, that we've forgotten that sense of softness. Speak to that and also um, how that softness is not gender specific. It doesn't just have to do with women. 
It has, it, it's an interesting thing because in media, I see it pushed and forced and, you know, stand your ground and, you know, you scream from the mountaintop and, you know, show them, tell them and the gnarling, gnashing teeth. And we've become monsters. We really have. And me included. I mean, I, I was horrific to myself, but I needed it pointed out to me. I needed someone to come from the outside and it ended up being multiple people. In fact, um, come from the outside and, you know, hormones didn't help and, you know, loss of anything doesn't help. You know, people, we have real issues. Children get sick and jobs are lost and partners leave and things, you know, really, really happen. So this isn't to sugarcoat any of it. It's actually to look at it, roll up our sleeves, acknowledge it and whisper to it, not yell at it. And, you know, I, although I didn't use my voice, I used my smarts, I used my um, connivery, I used my tactics, you know, I was strategic at it. And that is very unattractive. And anyone smart sees it. Anyone um, aligned knows it. Anyone that is loving feels it. And so you're not getting away with anything when you do this. Certainly not getting away from yourself because yourself knows that it doesn't feel good, that it's strictly an ineffective survival tactic. So, Kimberly, how is hypnosis similar to meditation and how does that become expounded upon within the book? So, trance is the state of hypnosis. Trance is a natural state for us. Case in point, when you are daydreaming, that's trance. When you're at a concert and your favorite entertainer is singing or you're in the car and you hear, you know, them hit that note and you get the chills, anything that has your attention, anything that has you mesmerized, anything that has you drifting off, you know, kitten playing with a a cotton ball or a, a ball of yarn or a child, you know, running around playing with a ball, a fire pit, you know, with the dancing flames, all of those things entrance us. If I said to you, Simran, write down the top five priorities you have in life. Those would be your hypnotists. Those would be the things that have you entranced. So while, again, the media and Hollywood and all that makes it, you know, cloaked in a robe with a watch swinging and, you know, all the entertainment hypnosis that you see in stage shows, it's really not that at all. It's a natural state of being, much like meditation. In meditation, the idea is that you're focusing on keeping thoughts at bay. With hypnosis, you're actually putting thoughts in, you're, you're letting those thoughts come and go like, um, I liken it to clouds on a cloudy day. You know, they, they blow in, they blow out. You allow those thoughts. So we call it zoning out as opposed to zoning in. What's nice about the zoning out aspect of trance is that you're able to allow in what needs to come in. So, for example, some people will say, gosh, you know, um, am I going to say something that I don't mean or am I going to do something that I don't, you know, wouldn't normally do? Absolutely not. When, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but Atria Books, the, the imprint that published my book is also the imprint that published The Secret. And while The Secret was about summoning things in and summoning this life that you want in, where does that summons come from? It comes from your subconscious desires and needs. So your first line of defense for yourself is your subconscious. It's with you. I liken it to the eight-year-old you, you know, so if you remember when you're eight or thereabouts, you know, it could be six, it could be 11, it doesn't really matter the age. It's right around in that time. 
where you just know everything. You've got this broad sense of knowledge. No one has to tell you too many things, but you're not quite PC yet. So you speak your mind. You call out those that need calling out. You know the truth. You know, it's not like, it's not like you've unlearned your brilliance yet. And we start to unlearn that brilliance when we start listening to others. Yes, we need to listen to others because we're a civilized society and that's how we operate. But at the same time, filtering that and not being like kelp in the ocean where every current takes you away. You have a root. You have a core system. You have a stalk. You have a place. And in that soft, wonderful, mellifluous way, you have movement. So in that is what I I beg people to please hear your voice and, and not allow yourself to override it by either your conscious voice, which is, you know, a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy deals with consciousness, which is fine, except for that little girl inside, that little boy inside is screaming for what you need. And so my suggestion is when you listen, also be the shepherd of that person, that ideal you that's in there, that little one that's been with you since the moment that you were conceived, you know, cellular uh, dynamic and intelligence where two cells become four cells, become eight cells. This is all very well studied, starts consciousness and subconsciousness. So subconsciousness, then we don't know what happens after we transition, But it doesn't really matter because while you're here is when you can use this divine source of your inner knowing. It's your primal way. It's your intuitive way. It's those gut feelings. Did I close the garage door? Did I, you know, leave my purse at the table when I left for lunch? You know, all of those things that protect you, listen to her because she's your best assistant and your best ally ever. This book by Kimberly Friedmutter, Subconscious Power, shares six principles designed to illuminate your subconscious and activate it. The principles and exercises in this book will do the same for you, acting as a form of self-hypnosis that you can use in your daily life. You might think of these three-minute hypnotic hacks as mini lessons. They're not strenuous, though they may be challenging at first. They don't require you to commit to years of therapy. Who has time for that, after all? These exercises are designed to give you less to do and think about consciously. By tuning into the subconscious, you give your tired conscious mind a much-needed break. This is the master plan of subconscious power, using your own capacity for trance and connecting with your inner eight-year-old. You will quiet the too-loud voice of your conscious mind so you can once again hear your subconscious. This is from Kimberly's book, Subconscious Power. Use your inner mind to create the life you've always wanted. Kimberly is uh, a UCLA Health System board member, widely known as the mystic in cowboy boots, as the host and producer of her own longtime running radio talk show on Howard Stern's KLSX 97.1 FM Los Angeles. As a board-certified master hypnotist and an NLP trainer, she has appeared on Entertainment Tonight, The Doctors, TLC, and CNN, among many other national media outlets. We'll be right back after these messages with more about Subconscious Power and Kimberly Friedmutter. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. I'm excited to announce a new division of 1111. We are unfolding a series of online courses from many of the alumni that flow through 1111 Magazine and 1111 Talk Radio. This will offer you an opportunity to tap into these teachers in a deeper way and connect more deeply to some of the wisdom and teachings that you are looking for. So definitely check that out on the 1111 website or go directly to courses.1111mag.com. My guest today is Kimberly Friedmutter, and she is the author of Subconscious Power. Use your inner mind to create the life you've always wanted. Uh, I'd like to announce that she has reached the Amazon bestseller status in a variety of categories, everywhere from professionals all the way to students and the young people. So definitely... um, check out this book. It will be most helpful. In addition, she will be on CNBC week after next uh, being featured, and we will talk also about uh, an event that she is co-chairing, Victoria Voice at the Westgate Resort. Um, This is all dedicated to uh, bringing awareness to addiction and the crisis of opioids. I'd actually like to start right there uh, in regard to this Uh, Kimberly, throughout the book, you have uh, many different kinds of hacks. What are the what are the limits or um, or unlimitedness of what 
we can do by tapping into subconscious power? What can be changed? Can can it change anything from sleep and weight up to things like addictions and and those sorts of things? Or are there certain parameters that we fall between? It actually changes everything. The If you look at the mind and body as a conductor being the mind and the train as the body, you realize that those impulses and all of the things that are happening to us physically are coming from somewhere, and that somewhere is the subconscious mind. So every single thing you think and every single thing your body responds to, even in exercise, how much, how little, in eating, how much, how little. You know, one of the things about the eight-year-old inside is if you remember you know, back in the time. And again, it's the idea of eight, not specifically chronologically eight years old, but right around in that time, you had to be begged to eat. You know, you had to be begged to slow down. You had to be begged. You know, you didn't even think about who am I? What am I? You know, the thought processes were just very natural, organic, and very primal. And that's the part of us that we have lost our way in, in staying attached to. And it's a very interesting thing because this year in particular, I had a lot of weight loss clients for some reason and this year brought a lot of that in. And I summarized it just through a quick Q&A of clientele is that it's really just the stress that people are feeling, I think, politically and, and you know, money-wise. I know that we're supposed to be out of this recession, but are we really? People are still feeling the pangs and having to, you know, do repair from, from all of those years. And so it's translated to our food. Well, that would seem, you know, kind of interesting, except for we all feel and we know organically that that's the case. So what happens is, who are we? Who are we when we're not using food as our lover, as our uh, career, as our go-to, as our socializer, all of these things? Food is our fuel. And when we say food, I really mean lab health. You know, each of my clients will get their labs and they'll show, you know, the lab improvement over the course of time. Because if, like everyone knows, Um, you know, the A through Z of good eating, right? So just as an example, weight. So there's weight loss and there's weight gain. I have an equal number of both people trying to do. So we're always in flux of weight moving. And so that's, again, just energy spent or energy taken in. And what happens with labs is when those labs move and those labs move to the positive, meaning your lab work, your, you know, blood work, everything starts to feel better to you because there's a physical response to it. So imagine that it's not about the weight. The weight is just the symptom, whether it's going or coming. It's just a symptom of what's going on inside. Well, what's running that body are those thoughts. You know, uh, do I go to food for comfort? Do I go to food because it's 12 o'clock? You know, all of these things that we've decided societally that are correct are actually killing us and hurting us. Sugar and sodium being two of the biggest offenders. And so... All of those things, if we're eight years old, we don't think about it. We run, we grab when we need, we take when we need, you know, and we're in typically in perfect balance at that point in time. So getting back to that is ideal. On Victoria's voice, you know, one of those things that, that drug users and abusers seek is zoning out. And that's exactly what drug use and abuse is, is the, is the effort to get to trance. So what a shame that we know how to do that now. You know, we know 
for centuries, prehistoric India, um, prehistoric Arabia, all of these accounts of, of hypnosis being used, um, you know, societally and culturally has always been there, but now it's the hip new thing again. And what's nice is it, it, it achieves that exact sense that these, these young, young kids are looking for. They want to zone out. You know, they're trying not to be conscious. They're trying to reach that state of unconsciousness or subconsciousness, which is the same thing, by the way, unconscious and subconscious. I choose subconscious just because unconscious, you know, sounds more comatose. So, you know, but they are equivalent in their meaning. And so that's exactly what a drug user is trying to accomplish just in an unhealthy way. Now, I know that when I'm painting or writing, it feels very much like a meditative or trance-like state. Can we live in a perpetual state of trance where we are constantly accessing this guidance and connection to the subconscious? So we are constantly living in that state, just more unhealthily than healthily. So, for example, when the TV turns on, boom, trance. When your device turns on, trance. When anything starts to happen to you, you know, I live in Las Vegas, so big flashy lights and big, you know, something sounds, <laughs> trance. <laughs> so we are constantly in a state of trance. It's just who is your hypnotist? Is your hypnotist a barrage of images that are healthy or unhealthy? And what does that mean to you? You know, age, um, career, trajectory, aspirations. What does that mean to you? So, for example, uh, one of the world's most famous poker players is one of my clients. And so it's very important that she has an outside feel of what's going on in her world. She must feel others, right, in order to accomplish her goals. And so it, it stretches outside of you for, like, impression reasons. For example, one of the fun things that I enjoy doing is a little bit of what's considered remote view. And I take an envelope and I'll take a a group of people and I'll put an image inside that envelope sealed so they cannot access that image. And it'll be a tear sheet from a magazine. So let's just say it's a lamp or a car or a picture of an avocado. And I'll fold it up. I'll put it in the envelope, seal it, hand it out. I let people just take whatever envelope they feel like taking. And I have them take a pen and just connect to the envelope can't see it, can't tell what's in it, and just start drawing or writing imagery or words or anything on that envelope that they feel. Sure enough, when they open that envelope, it is shockingly accurate what they have drawn. You almost have to do it yourself to believe it. It's mm. so amazing. And it can be, it can be, um, it can be like a symbolic effort of that. So, for example, uh, one woman the other night, she came over, I was speaking at this symposium and she came over and she said, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And she shows me her, um, she shows me her sheet and it has a picture of a watermelon slice on it. And so I said, what did you write? And she said, I wrote me on the envelope. And I said, what do you have to do with the watermelon slice? And she said, my last name is Fruit." <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. So mm. the subconscious works in these interesting ways. You know, she could have drawn the watermelon or she could have put something that looked like it had seeds or she could have put red and green, you know, could have been anything around it. But she wrote me and then a piece of fruit. 
So only she could make that association. But what this shows us and the point of this conversation is that we have outreaching, we have expansion about us, we have ability to gain information from things that we don't have immediately in front of us or uh, impression availability to. So this is considered remote viewing. I mean, this on a sophisticated level, it's used by the government. It's used, you know, access that subconscious mind is not limited to, you know, your skin sack, to your body. We have impressions like yesterday, me thinking of you when I saw 1111, you know, that was a, a nice little moment. Maybe you felt something. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, the, mm. we have this ability to do that. And so to enhance that only helps us broaden our perspective, broaden our horizons, broaden our connections to others and to things. It's the most beautiful access when you actually do it and you feel it, you think, now I'm connected. You know, it's like if I put on your office desk this amazing piece of machinery and it was outside of us and it was sitting there. And I said, look, Simran, here's the plug. Let's plug it in. Here's the manual. The book is nothing more than a manual to teach you how to use your mechanics and your machinery. That's all it is. It's a life manual for what you have already. Well, you do say in the in the book that diving into greater access to a healthy subconscious power will assist individuals in learning more about their soul spirit and accessing that and operating from that soul spirit, God, inner divinity, connection to the spiritual realm. In the six principles that you have within the book, one of them is accountability. And I want to read a portion of what you write here about accountable, being accountable. We live in a culture that is overly attuned to pseudo accountability and owning it. In a cycle of apologies, we seem to pounce between two extremes, helping people stop playing the victim on one extreme and on the other, demanding that they own all their problems. The truth often lies in the middle. Within this section, you go into hacks, which are throughout the book, that assist individuals in deepening into their subconscious, tapping into that connection. And one of them has to do with our language and how we are steeped oftentimes in the negative language, even in jokes uh, that we don't even realize And I guess that's a sense of programming that we're doing every time we say some of those kinds of things. Speak a little bit about the accountability and talk about particularly this hack and how the hacks work throughout the book. So accountability in language is super important because it's how we communicate. And so once we're aware and once people become aware, they think, oh, my goodness, I, I, you know, this makes perfect sense that I have this, that, or the other happening because I say it, you know, 15 times a day. So, for example... Maybe you were raised with the sayings with your folks, you know, oh, that'll be the death of me, or, you know, I'm just dead tired, or I was blindsided by that, or, you know, I'm going to kill you if you do this, that, or the other. Our language is so violent, and we've gotten away with it in a sense and not in another, because what happens is we all glom onto it and we copy and mimic each other. That's just culturally how we, how we know that we're all getting along, and that's considered rapport within individuals in a pack. And so what happens is when we make this rapport, rapport can be equally as bad things as it is good. So as opposed to saying, oh, that'll be the death of me, 
um, you know, there's so many alternative words. Get creative with your words. The book lists them out for you, and there's, there's so many. But the idea is that once you become aware of what is coming out of your mouth, that's actually neuro-linguistics programming. Neural is what you're thinking. Linguistics is what you're saying. And then the programming is the changing that or correcting that. But also, especially in your children, because when you hear them say, you know, there was a very uh, long period of time, I, I feel like it's receding back into the woodwork now where people would say, that's sick. You know, every time they love, you know, an outfit or a shirt you have on, that's a sick shirt, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, and you just simply say cancel, cancel, because you don't want that subconscious who's your stenographer, she's in there taking notes of every single thing from your creation to your transition of every single thing, and the subconscious takes things very personally. That's where fear comes from. Phobias come from all of our filters to decide about things, allergies, you know, if sure enough, if a child or someone is allergic to a dog or a horse or grass, there will be some kind of an emotional event that was around those things back in the day when that person decided I'm not going to have that anymore. So, for example, you know, a person who says, oh, my gosh, I've been allergic uh, to dogs since I was, let's just say, eight years old. Well, how do you know? Oh, because, you know, I remember we had a dog and nothing happened. And then the dog went away to a farm, you know, in the night. I don't know what really happened to the dog. My parents took it. And now I have this allergy. They don't link the two, one trauma of where's my dog and what happened to the dog, and two, the brain reckoning with that saying, we will never have a dog. You'll now be allergic to the dog. So all of that science looks at it. It's intriguing. You know, some of it's science, some of it's art. But when you look at what happens to us, we process everything. Look how powerful your body reacts to a dream. You know, you're sleeping and everything's fine. And then you wake up and you're huffing and puffing and your blood rates up and your cortisol and adrenaline's running because you had it the proverbial bear in your sleep that you were running from. So the body reacts to every single thing. Monitor what that is. That's accountability to self. Accountability to others is, you know, how nice that we're all driving on the freeway at the same speed with the same information that nobody's zigging and zagging because they don't know this information. You know, when you know, I consider it self-science, when you know what's going on in your own subconscious, which, which runs your everything, I mean, it is command central for you. When you know that, then you can control that in the nice, gentlest way. So you're guiding it as opposed to like squeezing it, as we were speaking of earlier. The six principles that are within the subconscious power book have to do with accountability tapping into your subconscious power so you gain intuitive knowledge, moving toward or away from things, judging thyself and thy neighbor, giving to get, and learning how to play big. You can find out more about these along with various hacks that allow you to move through the many blocks that might be within your subconscious. When used together, these six principles give you a path to enlightenment and heightened self-awareness. Activating your subconscious will enable you to feel whole, unencumbered, and free to be who you're meant to be. As you do so, keep in mind the ultimate goal of joining the energy and wisdom of your subconscious with your conscious mind and the soul spirit. You can find out more about Kimberly Friedmutter at her website, and it is KimberlyFriedmutter.com. That's Kimberly Friedmutter, F-R-I-E-D-M-U-T-T-E-R.com. The link is also in the bio description on the show page. We will be right back with more about subconscious power after these messages.
Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Our lives are inevitably entangled with others. There's no getting around this fact. So while we're here on Earth, we can benefit from staying flexible in our minds when we are impacted by the actions, words, or behaviors of others. This means learning how to release ourselves from hurt, disappointment, anger, and other negative emotions we experience in response to other people and experiences. This is from the book Subconscious Power by Kimberly Friedmutter. And drawing on her rigorous training in hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming, she guides you through six principles that will ignite your subconscious mind, aligning your conscious mind with your unconscious desires. She shares dozens of simple three-minute exercises that enable you to access the innate state of trance and achieve clarity of mind and purpose. Instead of giving you one more thing to do, Subconscious Power teaches you how to harness the power of your subconscious mind to achieve more with less effort. Kimberly, welcome back. There's so much in this book that we could talk about that we could we could have another whole hour around it. So I want to dive into a couple of the things quickly to get uh, give individuals an idea of some of the other topics that are covered here. Uh, there are some interesting concepts that you um present particularly as hacks and one of those I want to talk about is transposition uh, because that seems to be something not only uh, from a standpoint of 
hacking the subconscious mind, that seems to be an incredibly healing hack, uh, especially in relation to what I talked about um, regarding the emotions that sometimes can build up over some of our experiences. Speak to that particular uh, hack, please. You know, when we have a perspective on something, we take a position. And there's a very interesting thing about the mind is that the mind will try to line all the data, the incoming data up with its position to make it right. You know, (laughs) they say, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Well, the mind Mm -hmm. wants to be right. (laughs) So, so every single thing that lines up, um, you know, so let's just say that you have a, a very strong position on anything today, right now. And Everything that you see, hear, and do is going to skew itself. You know, the old particle wave theory. It's all going to skew itself to line up to prove you right. And so it's very, very difficult to try to prove yourself wrong. There's a lot of, you know, when we say humble nature and vulnerability and being humble is exactly that. So our perspective on things is a very set, fixed way. And we need to watch that because, you know, there's your perspective, my perspective, and the truth. And the truth is oftentimes that what we call God position, which is that third position up higher. When we take other positions and we look at other ways of doing things and being in the world, It opens us up to what I call peripheral vision. And peripheral vision is a a funny thing because it allows you not only the physical periphery to see out further, but it also allows you a broadened stance of mind. The broadened stance of mind is what uh, combats depression. It combats linear thinking. It combats... um, the blocking out of others, it combats uh, closed ears and and um, small positioning. You can actually, if you, if we could do, can we do something real quick? If you just uh, close your eyes for a second and imagine a point in front of you, just imagine a fixed point in front of your closed eyes. So it can be a star, it can be a circle, it can be a dot, it can be anything. And imagine broadening out your eyesight. Now, your eyes are closed, so this is all imaginary. Your eyes are closed and that, that eyesight is going into peripheral vision. So you imagine that you, if you could see past your closed eyes, you would imagine to the right and left side of you. You'll feel yourself straighten up. You'll feel your shoulders lift. You'll feel your tummy come in. You'll feel this physical sense of straightening. And in that straightening is a broadening. This is actually a great exercise, and now you can go ahead and open your eyes, that you've just done for if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep. This is one of those things that is this works on the same principle as counting sheep. But what happens is with that broadened perspective, and then if you just take your tongue and you put it at the top of your mouth, and let, instead of letting it sit at the palate, you'll fall right back to sleep in seconds. And this is without having to have your eyes open. You can do this with your eyes open. You can read in this state. But our state of mind changes our perspective. And that change of perspective changes your future everything, even this very minute. So anytime you want to have a different perspective or transpose a different thought or have some kind of of position shift, 
we use a perspective shift first. Super easy. You know, one of the things, speaking of waking up in the middle of the night, um, one of the things that the subconscious mind does to help us, and it's a fascinating thing, people see it as a problem, but really it's a, it's a help, is when you wake up at 3 or 4 in the morning and you can't go back to sleep. The reason we do that is because there's something that the subconscious mind needs to fix, settle, or come to a conclusion to. And it wakes you up to give you technically more daylight hours to solve this problem or this issue. So when you do that, think to yourself, what am I trying to get solved? You know, most people do know right away. It's you know, rarely a mystery. But say to yourself, what do I need to solve? Another great little trick that the prelude to this is when you go to bed, jot, and I'm not a big fan of paper and pen exercises. I like everything just to be done in the mind super quick. Let's just get through it, you know, quickly. But this is one of those that just requires a pen and paper by your bedside. Jot down whatever your questions are, your quandaries or your issues. Jot them down on paper and let your subconscious problem solve while you're sleeping. Because your subconscious is the best multitasker ever. You know, science shows us that we're not great multitaskers when we're conscious. And so if you're on the phone and you're trying to drive and you're doing all these things. So the reason that doesn't work is because we're not good at it. It, it, The brain doesn't split that way. And so what happens when you write it down at night, the subconscious is the master of it. She'll problem solve for you. She'll run your body, your immune system, your cellular division. She'll fix all the things that, you know, make your skin all puffy when you put your night cream on and all those wonderful, magical things. And she'll also solve your issues. So just jot them down so that you can put some emphasis on it, some thought on it, and then she'll work those out while you're sleeping. And then don't be surprised if you wake up at three or four in the morning with the answer. Mm. I'd love to get into a couple of other concepts, and I know we only have a couple of minutes left. So let's dive into the skill of judgment uh, as a position. It has two sides. It's like two sides of the same coin, because when most people think about judgment, I think they think of it in a negative sense. But you speak about judgment in a different way. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that first. Right. I'm here to bring judgment back because we've become far too loose in our judgment for our own ecology. Our own ecology is simply what's good for us. And so when we let all of this go by the wayside, and again, a lot stemming from PC, which has its place in society, of course, but what happens is we start to give all of these free passes. And the truth is, is that people around us in our tribe, in our posse, our besties, all of these things that we consider our close circle of of family and friends are all, again, needing to be accountable too. And so when we give these free passes, we actually train them. You know how like retail stores now, you know that on every Wednesday or every Saturday, there's a sale. They've trained us that way, right? (laughs) So now we know. And so our friends, our family train us of how to treat them and vice versa. And so those reassessments, are you really happy? Are you complete? Do you feel aligned? All of these things are super important. And so we do go through that in the book where you can, you can actually feel when you shake someone's hand, are you good for me now? And the near future, the mid future, or the distant future, you can start to feel if someone, you can feel their story. I mean, it's really neat when you do it because it saves so much time. I mean, years, marriages, divorces, careers gone wrong. It saves you all of the heartache and pain that normally you would have to physically really live out. The whole story comes and goes in a flash and you'll feel that in your body. And I teach you how to do that. 
So often we want to judge things like fear and anger and sadness, and you write that they are wired uh, in defensive reactions designed to get our attention. How, or, or speak to the statement, the goodness of fear, that's a really powerful statement in your book, and how does that work with the subconscious? Yes. So there was a very, uh, is a very powerful man called Gavin DeBecker, who is the security advisor for Oprah and presidents and this and that. Apparently, he's the security advisor now for the cloud. And so he is the one that had written a book years ago called The Gift of Fear. And The Gift of Fear is simply that, that let's not start to tamper down that thing that is primarily wired inside of us to protect us. I'm a very strong advocate of getting in touch with our primal being. That is where our gold is. That is where our brilliance is. That is where our future is. You know, it's interesting. AI is going, you know, and of course, rising on the right. And then we have all the touchy-feely protocols that are rising over here on the left. And it's a very interesting thing that the two shall meet. And this is going to be where function and strategy and all the conscious-minded things that AI, you know, can provide is that. And then we still, there will be the rise up of who are we, the us inside of us. And that is very important that you honor your feelings. You know, there's case after case after case, and I'm sure you have a dozen stories because you are intuitive, but there's everyone has this thing that they'll tell you, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, and I did it anyway. Once you start listening to that whisper, and once you start listening to that little tiny voice or feel that little tap on your shoulder, you will whip around, you will trust her, and you will follow your instincts. I challenge everyone to do this for a week. Just give her a week. He or her inside of you, <laughs> give it a week to follow your impulses, your subconscious primal gut instincts, and you will have the easiest week you ever lived and possibly the most expanded, emerged week you ever lived. Living a life connected to your subconscious is never boring. It asks that you give all that you have, everything you've got. It means setting bold expectations for yourself and following through. It means loving the people in your life passionately. It means believing in yourself and your dreams with your whole heart and soul. It means showing up every single day with gusto and courage. It means expecting the exceptional. As much as this sounds like living a life full throttle. It's also playful and fun. It's a life filled with laughter, humor, and sass. Just as living your life this way calls for everything that you want, it also asks you to not take yourself so seriously, not because you're not worth it, but rather because it's important to keep yourself light, flexible, and in perspective. Just like Kimberly Friedmutter, you are only one person in a vast universe of swirling energy. We are each of the now and the forever. This is part of the book, Subconscious Power by Kimberly Friedmutter. You can find out more about her at KimberlyFriedmutter.com. Definitely go and get your copy today and start utilizing the hacks that are listed inside and shift your life so that you can use your inner mind to create the life you've always wanted. Next week, my guest is Mark Nepo. We will be discussing his new book. Looking forward to having him back on the show. Definitely connect with me on any social media and follow the releases of 1111 Magazine and the archives and live shows that are taking place on 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Kimberly, for being on the show. Until next week, in love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Be well.
Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.